This is the Rundown. The rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the Auction Community Studios for the next two hours. Luke Lipinski here with you on a Big Red Monday. Cody Fincher behind the glass. And we've got a Monday Night Football game that is getting crazy, Cody. I don't like what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He has run in for a touchdown on his own and not given it to Tyreek Hill. Is this a fantasy oh, football oh, motivated? Oh, it most definitely is. Well, That's, I can... And then he's also like thrown this weird underhanded pass to his fullback for a touchdown. Yeah, why not? What is... No! I, no, not, why I not? missed how Baltimore just scored. I mean, in, in the minute and a half of commercials before we started the show, Kansas City and Baltimore have scored. It's 13-10 to 10 Kansas City uh, early in the second quarter of that one. We'll keep you up to date, of course, on that game throughout the evening. But you're here, you're listening. I think you want to hear at least a little Cardinals talk. We'll get into... Uh, you want to know how they scored? Yes. The Ravens. It was a 93-yard kickoff return. Man, you just don't see kickoff <laughs> returns for touchdowns anymore. I didn't even know kickoff still existed, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to get into the Cardinals quite a bit here. We'll take a, a, a broad look at the uh, NFC West and how it compares to some of the other divisions. i got some interesting stats on that. Uh, we'll hear from Cliff Kingsbury later on in the show. We'll play fill in the blank. Uh, we'll do a little bit of fantasy football right at the very end of the show as well. Major League Baseball playoffs begin tomorrow. How about this? 16 playoff teams in action on Wednesday. When's the last time you ever saw that in baseball? I'll answer for you. Never. Eight playoff games on Wednesday. So, uh, But predominantly, we're going to go football here, and we are going to start off with what exactly happened yesterday. The Cardinals, you know, if it seems like they always play the Lions, it's because they always play the Lions, and they don't play them very well. Last year, you recall week one, you know, there's... There's some leeway. Week one, it was Cliff Kingsbury's first game as an NFL coach. It was Kyler Murray's first game as an NFL quarterback. They were just getting run right off the field in the first half. Then they got their feet under them, came back, and tied, which was somehow even less fulfilling than yesterday. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather the Cardinals were 2-0-1 right now than 2-1. But you saw it even with the Cincinnati-Philadelphia game yesterday. It doesn't feel like that game has ended yet. So that was last year. The year before, I just remember that, that was the game. The year before, I remember when the Lions scored and they either went up 7-3 to or 10-3 on the Cardinals. Everybody in the press box was just like, well, that's it. Because that was back when the Cardinals couldn't come back if they were down by one full score. Not the same now. This was a game yesterday they should have won. But I say that going in. If you watch the whole game, you listen to the whole game, you know, as messed up as it is, Detroit deserved to win the game. You know? We're not looking at this today and saying, oh, you know, it's not fair. The Cardinals, they got screwed over by bad officiating, and that's why they lost. Or, you know, the Cardinals dominated the whole game. Detroit came back and stole one at the end. No, I mean, if the Cardinals had won that game, we would be saying the Cardinals stole that game. I was sitting there with three minutes left thinking, this game is tied. It doesn't look good because at that point, Matt Stafford was just, if he needed 10 yards, he would get 12, and the Cardinals' secondary was... I don't know if it was depleted or just worn down or if it's if there's a bigger issue. We'll get into that, too. If you're watching that game, three, four minutes left, you're thinking, you know, the Cardinals have turned the ball over three times. They can't seem to force a turnover. And they've missed an extra point. How are they even in this game? That's just how quickly it can turn in the NFL. And it turns that much more quickly when you're in the NFC West because... 
you don't have any margin for error. And if you had any, you just ate through all of it yesterday. Losing to a team that I maintain, I said this on the pregame show yesterday, I don't think Detroit is as bad as a lot of these 0-2 teams. But it's still a team on paper that the Cardinals should have beat. And now we're going to find out. I mean, this is their first adversity with this group, really. I mean, certainly this season. And yeah, they had some last season. Most of last season was adversity, but the stakes weren't as high. Cliff Kingsbury, at his media availability today, was asked how his team's going to respond. You know, a tough loss in, in that fashion, getting beat right up there at the end in a game that um, you felt like you could have played better. you got to give Detroit credit. We knew we'd get their best shot coming in, being 0-2, and, and they have a very talented football team, all-pro quarterback. Um, so it, it, we'll find out this week kind of how we rebound, but it's a, it's a veteran group with great leadership, and they understand you know, where we think this team can go. Yeah, look, I'm not going to sit here and say I thought the Cardinals were going to lose that game yesterday. I didn't, but I, I said it on this show last week. I said it on the pregame show yesterday. Of these four games, Detroit was the one that scared me the most, and I didn't expect the Cardinals to go 5-0 and because it's, it's tough to win five games in a row in the NFL. What you've essentially done is three games in, you're what we were all hoping for at the start of the season. Beat Washington, come on. Beat Detroit, may not be able to beat San Francisco in San Francisco in week one. Well, you beat San Francisco in San Francisco in week one. You gave about 90% of that back yesterday. Not 100% because you're 1-0 against San Francisco and games in this division and wins in this division are going to be huge. But you did give a lot of it back yesterday by losing to a team that you need to be better than. And it's frustrating. That game was frustrating even before the final result because it just felt like, when is Kenyon Drake going to break off a long run? Or when is somebody going to intercept Matthew Stafford? When are the Cardinals going to force a turnover? And for as bad as Kyler Murray played on some drives, if the Cardinals get any of those plays, if they get if they force one turnover, they probably win that game. So... That's just, you know, it, it was frustrating in the moment because of that. It's even more frustrating because of the fact now that you're 2-1 and one in a division where 2-1 and one is a three-way tie for second place. But you have to expect growing pains with this team. You do. You know, I, I, we, we all want to get excited about this team being a playoff team, being a contender for the division. Uh, certainly, if, if they were in the NFC East, I'd go ahead and say they're going to win the division. It's a little bit tougher when you have Seattle and the Rams and the 49ers in your division. But the bottom line is they can do a lot of great things in the future. They can do a lot of good things this season, but there are going to be growing pains. Yesterday was just a little sobering if you're a Cardinals fan because you don't expect those to come from Kyler Murray, even though he's a second-year quarterback. That was his 19th NFL game. He's allowed to have games like that. Well, keeping along the uh, Kyler Murray theme, Kingsbury, of course, was asked what exactly happened. Three interceptions for Kyler Murray yesterday. I mean, he's, you know, he looked okay in the first half against San Francisco, and then he just decided, I'm going to beat the 49ers with my legs. And last week, he just beat Washington by himself, it felt like. Yesterday, he just couldn't get going. You know, he had a couple, he had three really good drives, and it's not a coincidence they scored touchdowns on all three of those drives. But to turn the ball over three times, I mean, the Cardinals, big picture where you're trying to get to and where you think you can get to as this team is you want to be a team where you're not going to lose the quarterback battle very often. And maybe that's not going to be the case this season, but 
next year, two years, three years down the line. I mean, you want to feel like you're going to win the quarterback matchup pretty much against all but maybe two or three or four teams. And yesterday that didn't happen. I mean, Detroit very clearly won the quarterback matchup. Matthew Stafford's a former number one overall pick too. They just don't usually put pieces around him to help him. And uh, and that was that. It's you know I heard uh, Burns and Gambo talking when I was driving in earlier. And Gambo was saying you know, we can look at this a bunch of different ways, and you need to because it wasn't you know this is you only have three games to look at this season. You have to look at every possible angle. But at the end of the day, we all know why they lost yesterday. Kyler Murray threw interceptions. And Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it. I just say some tough breaks on a few of those. I mean, he, he's definitely pushing the envelope. He's trying to make a lot of plays and, and create. And, and you got to walk that fine line. And uh, some things didn't go our way yesterday. You know, the first one was unfortunate. Kind of got his arm hit and had some tough breaks on the other ones. But, um, you know, he's going to be aggressive. And that's what we want. And, and even with all that, we had the ball with the chance to win the game at the end. And his kind of playmaking ability allows us to do that even more not. Uh, playing at our best, he keeps us in those games. But we'll, we'll continue to clean that up, and I think uh, as the season goes on, th- that'll be uh, less of an issue. Yeah, the thing I like about Kyler is I don't think it's going to be hanging over him next week that he had this game this week. I think he'll just put it right out of his head, and he'll go out there and, and have a great game against Carolina. I really do. And that's a quality that you can't necessarily measure at the Combine. You can't really even measure it in college all that often because a lot of these guys that are going in the first or second round to play quarterback, they win all the time in college. Now, Kyler Murray's dealing with adversity. I mean, three days ago, two days ago, he was getting MVP talk. He could still have a great season, but now that talk's going to go away for a while because you know, you're know you in a league with Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and You've had a bad game. And he's that guy anyway when they win. He's, you know, he kept tweeting out after their first two wins, 1 0, 1 0. So he should be that same way in a loss. I think you just move be. on. Move on. I uh, I did. I, I looked on his account last he night. He didn't tweet out 0 1. Yeah, did I, just, he? I wondered. I wondered if was, <laughs> he did not. He didn't tweet anything yesterday. Or maybe he maybe he has today. I don't know. But you're, yeah, it's, I 100% looked to see if he tweeted out 0 1. Um, uh, here's Kyler Murray talking through his three interceptions. On, the, on that one, I, I threw it behind him. Uh, I don't really think it was, uh, you know, I think it was a, you know, a, a user error. I mean, I, I could have, uh, that's an easy completion every day of the week. Um, just, like I said, I threw it behind him. Um, the, the one to Dan, don't really know. I mean, I got my arm hit after that. I was on the ground. And, uh, you know, by lo- the looks of the reactions, uh, you know, it was an interception. Um, and the other one uh, to Larry, just a good play, bad read. Yeah, he's he's going to have a game or two like this each season right now. That's just the way it is. And he he suffered through a lot of losing last season. Cardinals fans did too. The team only won five games last year. But it's just, it's different now. You know, isn't, isn't it great as annoying as it was? Isn't it great to wake up today and be like, that loss to the Lions stings because they needed that win. The last two years, it's just been numbing. It's like, oh, they lost again. doesn't really matter. You know, it didn't matter how they lost the last two years because at the end of the day, it didn't really matter in terms of the standings. We could talk about the Cardinals, but we really didn't have any reason to talk about the rest of the NFC or even the division other than just for a little bit of context, but not for, for playoff implications or, you know, not that you really care that the Rams lost to the Bills or that the Seahawks pulled one out against Dallas. Last year... You cared, but it was just because you don't like the Seahawks, you know, and the Rams-Bills game was a good one. Now it matters. So as much as it stung today and certainly yesterday watching that game, 
it's it's good for it to matter that much. I mean, that that is a step in the right direction. And you know Kyler Murray will be fine. He just he might have one or two more games like this this season, but I don't expect too many more from him uh, really in his career. Maybe that's setting the bar too high, but so be it. He was the number one overall pick. All right, we come back. An issue that might actually be a big one for the Cardinals, at least next week and uh, maybe even next couple weeks. We'll get into that next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Luke Lipinski back here with you. It is the rundown on this Monday evening. Cody Fincher behind the glass. Cody, what was the irritating stat you just threw at me about the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I apologize for that. No, it's fine. If I read everything on footballreference.com correctly, okay. going back to 2015, the Cardinals are 1-3-1 one, and one against the Detroit Lions. And, as you pointed out, the game where David Johnson got hurt was against the Lions. It was. In week one, I believe in 2017. I think you're right, yeah. Because David Johnson had that incredible 2016, and then we were all so hopeful, and then he hurt his wrist. Hasn't been the same Mm -mm. since. Just such a a mediocre team that does nothing else except be a thorn in the Cardinals' side. Look, if the Lions go on some crazy run this year and finish 11-5, and and this win over the Cardinals yesterday springboards them to something bigger, then then I'll eat my words. You almost hope they do so the loss doesn't look as bad. But that's that's what's frustrating, right? They're just gonna waste it. It's like it's like your This will be their one win this year. Yeah. It's like your brother in law like oh, I really need two hundred dollars and you loan it to him and he lights it on fire in front of you and walks away. That's basically you give the Lions a win, they're not gonna do anything with it. They're just gonna they're just gonna waste it. Because they're the Lions. That's what they do. But they keep beating the Cardinals, so I guess we can't really say that much about them in this one city in the NFL. We can't we can't even talk trash about the Detroit Lions. Uh, to the secondary, the Cardinals yesterday, it was it was tough on that last drive to watch Matthew Stafford pick them apart. Uh, the defense has been, I would say, above average for the Cardinals in these first few games. It is a major reason they were still in the game yesterday. I mean, Detroit had 10 points off three Cardinals turnovers, so... You have to give the defense some credit because a couple of those drives started on the Arizona 36 and the Arizona 22, but they just couldn't force a turnover yesterday. And the secondary in general doesn't have any interceptions this season, which is tough. I mean, that's somewhat fluky, I guess, but you you can't you can't go too long in the season and and not have that as a, as an element as as a, as a way you can win a football game. Uh, this is Cliff Kingsbury today when he was asked about it. I do think the defense has made made big strides overall. Um, we like to take the ball away more. There's no question. You know, we, we gave three away yesterday, uh, and we can't do that offensively. But I, I just think we got to keep grinding away at it as um, this defense continues to gel and, and come together. I, I think those will show up, but um, just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and you know, it's they could have used one yesterday. Like I said, one of those probably swings the game. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Patrick Peterson hasn't looked like Patrick Peterson. I didn't think he did yesterday, at least. Um, he hasn't looked bad. He just he hasn't looked like a dominant cover corner. Um, it doesn't mean he isn't still one, but he wasn't yesterday. They're just getting beat up, though, back there now. Buda Baker is going to miss at least the Carolina game, it sounds like. He's having that UCL surgery on his thumb. Looked like he hurt his other hand during the game yesterday, but he's they announced before the game yesterday, maybe they didn't announce it, but uh, Ian Rappaport reported it, that 
Buddha's probably going to have a procedure on his thumb this week. And then he would, they're hoping, just miss the Carolina game. And they anticipate him being back for the Jets game, which would be a very quick recovery. Now, I'm just sort of connecting some dots here. But I have to think in the back of their mind, they're like, if he has to miss the Jets game, so be it. As long as we have him back for Dallas on Monday Night Football the week after. Kingsbury asked about Buddha's status today. There's no question he's one of the best players in the league and um, makes a lot of things right defensively when he's back there. So we'll see how the procedure goes and, and kind of take it from there. But um, hopefully sooner rather than later on that. Yeah, leads the Cardinals in tackles. Had eight more solo tackles yesterday. He's really been an anchor on that defense. And there's a lot of different ways you can look at the defense. I know a lot of people are questioning how Chandler Jones only has one sack through three games. I'm not worried about Chandler Jones. The team itself has 11 sacks through three games. He has just one of them. But you have to think that what he's doing, and and really just simply uh, by existing, he's freeing up some of these other guys to get to the quarterback. So I'm not so worried about him. But I am a little concerned about the secondary because, like I said, Patrick Peterson hasn't looked amazing yet. Uh, Byron Murphy still looks like a second-year player at times. A lot of those guys got got picked apart on that last drive. Buda Baker's been their best guy in the secondary. He's going to miss at least a game, it sounds like. There was talk today they might look at bringing Tony Jefferson back. Former Cardinal, uh, big Suns fan Tony Jefferson. I think the fans here are pretty big uh, supporters of Tony. But as Gambo actually reported this afternoon, he talked to Tony Jefferson, and the issue is the Cardinals need somebody right now. And Gambo was saying Tony Jefferson told him, I'm not really ready to be 100% out there right now. Give me like two weeks, and it's a different story. But you can see what the Cardinals are are dealing with right now. They they need somebody right now. So uh, that's certainly a storyline to watch develop this week because I don't think Carolina's bad. Like, do you think Carolina's bad, Cody? I think they're just like an no, league average team. No, I don't think so. I, it, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're pretty average. Yeah. There's not any really, besides Christian McCaffrey, there's not really a guy on that team that stands out like crazy to me. Yeah. Like a superstar or anything. But they, I mean, there's, there's a lot of elements of the, about that game that would worry me if the Cardinals don't go in at full strength. Uh, and they're not going to because they're not going to have Buddha. But, I mean, you are a West Coast team traveling east, playing the early morning game. As you said, no Christian McCaffrey. That certainly helps. But Carolina just beat the Chargers yesterday. The Chargers were 1-1, one and one, but their one loss had come to the Chiefs in overtime. So they actually looked pretty good their first two games. Mike Davis filling in for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's, 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 not, he's not McCaffrey, but he was effective yesterday. They've got three receivers. They throw a little bit more now than they did when Cam was there. Teddy Bridgewater's not as dynamic as Cam Newton. But he's a very serviceable NFL quarterback. I mean, this is another game that could certainly catch the Cardinals if they're not completely dialed in and relatively healthy for it. So the secondary, if they're able to bring somebody in this week, that's going to be a, a major storyline. They have guys like Robbie Anderson who yeah. just run straight. <laughs> and if you don't if if you don't have guys in, in the secondary at safety that can cover, I mean, they could get burned there too. And DJ yeah. Moore is a good receiver as well. Curtis Samuel too is is decent. He's a good third option. Like Carolina's just they're just a they really are like the definition of a league average team to me. If if they don't if you don't have McCaffrey because like you said they don't really have a, a guy that can that can just take over for them. But it's a team the Cardinals are going to have to be careful with. It is a team though. It feels like if the Cardinals play the way they played the first two weeks, they'll probably win because like San Francisco is better than Carolina. But it almost feels like. 
the sort of matchup of Arizona gets to dictate if they win or not. If they play well, if Kyler Murray plays well, probably win. If not, you're looking at two and two, and that does not work in the NFC West. So one of the things that was pretty evident after the game yesterday, Kyler Murray took the blame on himself. Cliff Kingsbury took the blame on himself. Uh, Cliff was talking today about, you know, if he feels any better about his play calling. And he said, you know, not. No, not really. <laughs> he's, had a, he's had a night to sleep on it, but still doesn't feel that great about it. Uh, I would just say a couple things. I mean, you can, it's, you can always go back and second guess as fans or members of the media, especially after a loss. Mentioned this briefly on the postgame show last night. I know I know Dan Bickley was, was pretty strong on this yesterday on Twitter during the game. I don't need to see fourth down packages with, with Chris Strebler right now. It's not a knock on Chris Strebler. I like the intangible he brings to the table. He's a really good option on fourth down to throw teams off. But Kyler Murray's better. That's the weird thing about it. When Strebler comes in, Kyler leaves the field. Yeah. With that kind of stuff, you usually keep your um, unless you're Jay Cutler who just stands out there. You remember that? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, usually leave a guy like Kyler Murray on the field just to leave the defense saying, "Oh, what if they do give it to him? What if they pass it to him?" But they yeah. take Kyler off the field. It's kind of weird. Well, and that's the thing is is you know I trust Cliff Kingsbury as as one of the great offensive minds in this game, and so if this is all setting up for when they play Seattle in a couple weeks. And it's fourth and one, and Strevler's out there, but it's actually a snap right to Kyler, and he ends up getting the first. Okay, I, I don't, I don't deny the very strong possibility that they're trying to set up the better teams down the line. But yesterday it was just it was frustrating because you bring in a new quarterback, new cadence, and everything. It, it threw off the offensive line. They end up taking a false start. They don't even get to run a play. Last week it worked the fourth down with Strevler, the reverse to uh, to Christian Kirk. I mean, it did work, but that one just seemed unnecessary. I get what you're doing with Strevler. I get that he is is a weapon that you'd like to be able to utilize a couple times in a game because you know he is he is something that other teams maybe aren't prepared for. But like you said, Cody, not if I have to take Kyler Murray off the field because up until yesterday, nobody had shown me they can even slow him down. And I think we're all hoping Detroit didn't expose any sort of blueprint that now Carolina and not the Jets because I don't think they're paying attention, but like Dallas and the Seahawks are going to try and copy. I, I I don't want that. And I don't think it's that easy to solve Kyler Murray, but Detroit made things tougher on him yesterday, and he's still the main guy I went out there, certainly on fourth down. All right, we have been uh, we've been tiptoeing around it, but the NFC West is um, it's absolutely living up to expectations. We'll get back into that next, and what exactly that means for this Cardinals team going forward. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. It's the rundown. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. I was trying to find the exact stat. Somebody had tweeted out last night the, uh, the points differential for every division in the NFL, and two of them stood out to me. And they're the two you would expect. The NFC West is plus 100, which is just absurd. We're three weeks in. They're 9-3. and three. One of the three losses was San Francisco to Arizona. One of them was the Rams to an undefeated Buffalo team in the, in the final seconds. And one of them was Arizona, who was at the time undefeated, of course, yesterday in the final seconds to Detroit. I mean, this division, 
I don't think all four teams in the playoffs are going to come out of this division, but I, until proven otherwise, I'm 100% on board that three should come out of this division. But the point differential, plus 100, the NFC East is minus 97. And how ridiculous is that, that the NFC East is even going to get any team in the playoffs? They the shouldn't be allowed. I, I, no. I, I don't know what the NFL could do to prevent it. <laughs> but technically, the Washington football team is, is in first place right now at 1-0 because they have a division win in that division. <laughs> so because the Washington football Does team Does beating the Eagles really count? Because uh, that team is a dumpster fire. They are truly horrendous. Um, but what this division does... For a team, I mean, look, it's going to be tough for everybody. I mean, Seattle, even at 3-0 and with the way Russell Wilson is playing, they probably should feel as good about themselves as anybody in the NFL, but they don't have any margin for error. If the Seahawks went on a two-game losing streak, they might find themselves in fourth place in two weeks. You know what I mean? So we've seen it with San Francisco with the injuries. Now the flip side for San Francisco is, yeah, they had the injuries, but they get to play two games against the Giants and the Jets, and they took full advantage of it. But um, it can it can turn so quickly when you're in a division that is this competitive. And I think it was Bickley that made this analogy earlier today. When I, I was driving around, I heard him say, basically, the NFC West is like you're playing poker at the high-stakes table. And that's the table the Cardinals are playing at. And Seattle's like the rich guy that has money to just throw around. San Francisco, to a certain extent, is. Maybe they've lost a few hands they didn't expect to, so they're a little bit on their heels right now. The Cardinals are the guy that has worked really hard for the money he has. And he's sitting down at that table. It's like, you better be ready to play. Because yesterday's game, you lose to Detroit. If you're serious about making the playoffs in this division, you basically just sealed your fate that you're going to have to at least split with Seattle, right? Or you're going to have to beat New England in New England. Or you're going to have to at the very least split with the Rams, who A, are good, and B, more than anybody have had the Cardinals number over the last few years, even more than Detroit, because the Rams traditionally just blow the Cardinals right out. So you lose that game to Detroit, it's like, on the one hand, you could say, okay, second-year quarterback, second-year head coach, they weren't going to go 3-0, and were they? Were they really going to go 4-5-0? or and Like, that's just, this stuff tends to, to correct back to around 500 for a lot of teams in the NFL, unless you're truly elite or truly awful. That's one way of looking at it. But the other way of looking at it is you're in this division. If you're giving away a win yesterday, you're going to have to take one back over somebody really good. And make no mistake, the Cardinals' schedule gets very difficult after that Week 5 game against the Jets. Every year when the schedule comes out in the offseason, we all look at certain chunks of the, of the, the way it's set up, and, and we all looked at Weeks 2, 3, 4, and 5 and said, okay, Washington, Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets, that's where the Cardinals can, can make up some ground. But the thing is, you never really know who the good and bad teams are in the offseason. You start to find out when the games actually begin. So now we can look at the, at the rest of the schedule and say, oh yeah, this team is legitimately good. That's going to be a test. And when you get past that Jets game on October 11th, you've got Dallas, who I know they're 1-2, and two, but that's a Monday night game in Dallas. And I, they're, still, they're still dangerous with that offense. Then you've got the Seahawks. A bye week, Miami, okay, whatever. Buffalo's really good. Seattle, again, this time in Seattle, they're obviously really good. New England and New England. I still don't understand how we all let the Patriots get Cam Newton. The guy won MVP a couple years ago, and, and now he's quarterback of the Patriots. He's better than Tom Brady right now. 
right now. After that, you've got the Rams, the Giants, and the Eagles. You better win those two games. San Francisco and the Rams again. Those final 11 games of the season, you know, I'm confident they'll beat the Giants. And assuming the Eagles are playing on December 20th the way they're playing right now, they should be able to beat the Eagles. That game's at State Farm Stadium. But they are going to have to absolutely grind out some of those other wins. And that is a rigorous schedule when you're playing physical teams like the Bills and the Seahawks twice and the Rams twice, although I guess the Seahawks are a little less physical defensively uh, this year than they have been in years past, but you got to deal with Russell Wilson. But that's okay. They, Yeah, their offense is amazing now. <laughs> Russell Wilson is now the best quarterback in the NFL. They finally just decided to let him win them games. I guess so. And it's working far too well for them at this point. Uh, of course, it's like the one year in recent memory where we're like, oh, the Cardinals are going to be good this year. The NFC West is the best division in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And it was to be expected, but you never really know until the games start, right? Because it's the NFL. We could sit here and say, oh, this is going to be the best division, and then San Francisco has the injuries. Maybe the Rams uh, struggle again out of the gate. The Seahawks come back to the pack a little bit, and it's just, it's a good division, but it's not the best. No, it went the other way. Everybody got better. <laughs> it's Everybody except the 49ers got better, and the 49ers still aren't bad. They are just beat up injury-wise. And also, the 49ers didn't really have much room to get better. So, not a surprise, but when you're undefeated, you, you kind of, you're aware of the rest of the division, but you're not so much paying attention to it. Like, oh, I need this team to lose, or I need this to happen. The second you lose a game to the Detroit Lions, it changes everything, and you just, you don't want to be chasing in this division because... You could go on a three or four game winning streak. If you fall a game or two behind these other teams, it's going to be hard to make up any ground. It's a huge game coming up for the Cardinals this week against Carolina. There's there's no other way to cut it because if you look at the other games that the teams in the division are playing, the Rams the Rams have the Giants. So I'm going to go ahead and assume LA is probably going to win that one. It's at home too for whatever that's worth in, in 2020. It's not if, it's by how much okay. are they going to win. That's fair. Uh, Seattle has Miami, so that should be a win, too. And Miami's at least, they'll at least be rested because they played on Thursday night. San Francisco has Philadelphia, who I'm not even sure that really is the Eagles that we've seen out there on the field this year. So that's um, there's a real good chance the other three teams in the NFC West all win again this upcoming week. So the Cardinals are, are going to have to find a way. couple stats that really stood out from yesterday's game. Larry Fitzgerald, zero yards. Extended his catch streak, though. Yeah, he did, and he did it early, but it was a catch for no yards. And that's... Look, nobody's going into these games saying Larry Fitzgerald has to win us these games. This, it, it's, you know, he's, he's later in his career. That's why you have DeAndre Hopkins. But he can still be a major contributor. It's not like he's lost anything. And they targeted him three times. Kyler Murray was asked after the game why Fitz wasn't more involved. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I can't really answer that. I don't know, uh, I don't know why. Um, you know, just kind of flow of the game type of deal. You know, hope to uh, get him more balls next week. And look, maybe it is just one of those situations where game flow, just, you know, the guys that, that Kyler thought were open 
He just never got to Fitz in his progressions on certain plays, or Fitz wasn't open on other plays. I mean, he, he tried to get the pass to him that Jamie Collins intercepted. It's not like they ignored Larry Fitzgerald, but that's the sort of stat that would be glaring even if they had won yesterday. You'd be like, how does Larry Fitzgerald only have three targets, zero yards? Like you said, Cody, he still at least extended his, uh, his reception streak, but... DeAndre Hopkins, 10 catches, got 32 in the first three games. Okay, he's pretty much, you can just dial it in. Then you lock it in that that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be productive every week. Andy Isabella stepping up yesterday, four catches, 47 yards, two touchdowns. Looked more like a legitimate NFL receiver than he has at any point in his career so far. His first, you know, whatever, 18 games He looked more like a novelty where if he just needed somebody to run straight down the field, you could maybe heave it to him and and hopefully he'd come up with it. But he had 11 catches in his career prior to yesterday. Yesterday, four catches, 47 yards, the two scores. He was big yesterday. The one that's standing out to everybody, Keyshawn Johnson had seven targets. He only caught two of them. The last two offensive plays of the game, if you remember this, the Cardinals were right at midfield. Second nine, deep pass to Keyshawn Johnson, they can't connect, okay? Third nine, deep pass to Keyshawn Johnson, they can't connect. And as a total, they took like 10 seconds off the clock at that point. That's one of those things where if they win, we we just forget all about it. But when you lose on the last second field goal, I mean, you were at midfield. You're telling me you couldn't have just gone short to DeAndre Hopkins maybe once, maybe run with Kenyon Drake, kill some clock, try and get 15, 20 more yards, and give Zane Gonzalez a chance to win it with a with a field goal late, even if you can't get in the end zone. I mean, we've seen Zane can hit the 50-yarders. He just can't hit, like, the 30-yarders. So, I don't know. You get 20 more yards, they're 15 more yards. And you at least get a field goal. You might not be able to kill a ton of clock if you only got 15 more yards. But, I don't know. I, I, it just to me, Keyshawn Johnson is not the guy I'm, I'm putting the fate of the game in his hands, at, 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 you know, with... with Less than five minutes to go. They had that one, I believe it was a third down play, where he ran a slant. He was open. Yeah. Kyler hit him in the hands, and he went right through his hands. Yeah. It's not great. I know. It's And I, I, the play was good, obviously, but he still he just got activated off the COVID list and all that stuff and yeah. playing because Christian Kirk was hurt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to pile on, on Keyshawn Johnson, but it's like, again, those those plays, second and nine at the 50 with 5'10 left in a tie game, you go deep to him, nothing happens. Third and nine at the 50, 505 left in a tie game, you go deep to him, nothing happens. And then you're punting, and Detroit, you know, this is where it doesn't matter necessarily how good the rest of the team is. If they have Matthew Stafford, he's going to milk the last five minutes of the game, and that's going to be it. And that's exactly what it was. And... You know, learning experience for the Cardinals, for for Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, It's not like I don't think Keyshawn Johnson can still be a good receiver in this league. It's not his fault they lost the game yesterday. I'm I'm not saying that. But it's just like, I don't know that that Detroit showed any inclination to being able to cover DeAndre Hopkins. I just think there was a different way to handle the the last few minutes of that game. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe the Cardinals would have got a field goal and Detroit would have come right down and scored or they would (laughs) have... They would have got a field goal and we would have had another tie between the Cardinals and the Lions. I don't know. There's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different potential scenarios, though. I would have rather seen than a couple deep passes to to Keyshawn Johnson because they never got the ball back again after that. All right. When we come back, we are going to hear from Cliff Kingsbury. He's on every week, every Monday with Bickley and Murata. We'll play a part of that interview next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. 
A quick update from Baltimore on the Monday Night Football game tonight, at least on paper. It's got to be the best Monday night game of the season. Uh, and Chiefs, though, up 27-10 to 10 on Baltimore. And look, if Baltimore's defense can't slow the Chiefs down, I don't know who is going to slow the Chiefs down this season. Patrick Mahomes has a rushing touchdown, and he's thrown three touchdowns in this one. Uh, to McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, and somebody called Anthony Sherman has a touchdown. Did you, do you have him on your fantasy team, Cody? Were we allowed to draft fullbacks? I didn't. <laughs> Former Cardinal Anthony Sherman. That's true. He gets a touchdown tonight. Uh, Baltimore is uh, Baltimore has a kick return for a touchdown. They are hanging on by a thread at halftime, and Kansas City is not Atlanta. It's a little bit tougher to come back on the Chiefs. That Falcons game yesterday, <laughs> I know this has nothing to do with the Cardinals, but they're showing the replay of it right now on one of the TVs. How do you lose the game to Dallas the week before and then do the same thing yesterday against the Chicago, but that should be like a once-in-a-career thing, what you did to Dallas last week. That's got to be coaching, right? I mean, at some point. It's going to be former coaching here pretty well, soon. Yeah, seriously. Well, because, I mean, Dan Quinn was the coach when they had the lead on the, uh, the Patriots, the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, too. Yes, he was. I feel like, though, Kyle Shanahan got most of the blame for that. He did. But... I mean, at what point, like you just said, how do you lose to Dallas the way that you lost, not knowing to jump on an onside kick and then lose yesterday to the Bears, blowing another lead? It's, it's so weird because if you're going to build that big of a lead on these two teams, then you're obviously a good team, right? But they led Dallas 29-10 to at halftime. They ended up losing that game 40-39, to of course. The one yesterday, it's almost worse. You're up 26 to 10 in the fourth quarter and you lose 30 to 26. And Chicago doesn't have the offense that Dallas does. Now, give Chicago credit. They finally used that interception that Mitch Trubisky threw, the most recent one, as the perfect excuse, even though they were 2 and 0, to go to a much better quarterback in Nick Foles. Even if Nick Foles isn't that great of a quarterback, he's better than Trubisky. And magically, they came back and won that game. But I, <laughs> Atlanta. Oh, and three. It's got to be. I mean, they have to be looking at Dan Quinn. He's a defensive minded head coach. His defense is the thing that's costing them games besides mental errors. Yeah. Like that onside kick. I still can, I can picture it. I can still picture it. The guys are, what do I do? That, that what was... do I do? <laughs> you jump on it. No, you jump on it. Okay. The Cowboys are just going to jump on it. Were they, was the plan. It... Maybe they were thrown off by Greg Zerline not kicking from a tee. He just laid the ball down flat and kicked it on the side. It looked like they were they were just waiting. They were acting like it, it wasn't going to go. 10 they were yards. acting like it was a punt. Yeah, or they were acting like it was a a, a, yeah. like a bloop hit in a baseball game that the third baseman's hoping rolls foul. Right. Except They're blowing on it to go foul. Yeah. Except it would be don't go ten yards. <laughs> yeah. If the third baseman just reached down and touches the ball, there's an out. That's basically what it was. If they had just reached down and picked up the ball, that game was over. And then for them to do it again yesterday, stupid, is unbelievable. All right, that's hour number one of the show. When we come back, hour number two, how much of your expectations changed for the Cardinals after the loss to Detroit yesterday, or have they? That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown with Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Luke Lipinski here with you. Cody Fincher behind the glass. 
the uh, Chiefs are just toying with the Ravens right now, up 27-10, start of the third quarter. What was the play they just ran? Cody, I only saw it out of the quarter of my eye. It was, like it was a direct snap to receiver McCole Hardman, okay. who then handed it off to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who then flipped it back to Patrick Mahomes, who then threw it back to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for like an eight-yard gain. All of that. It's just a circus play, and they made it look easy. The ultimate irony, though, is they just fumbled. Uh, looks like Darwin Thompson fumbled on the next play, which was just a run up the middle. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they should just stick with stick the circus Stick to the circus plays. play, yeah. yeah, seriously. So Baltimore... Down uh, 17 right now, 27 to 10, but uh, maybe a little bit of life there after forcing that turnover. You go down 34 10 to the Chiefs. You know, that's that would be my fear if I was a Ravens fan. I'm not, but if I was, and it got exposed last year in the playoffs against Tennessee, I have one of the best teams in the NFL, but I don't like my chances as much when I'm down. Like the Chiefs, we saw them go down against Houston in the playoffs, and Houston hasn't won a game since. And they've lost their best player. He's here. And I get that the Chiefs are the extreme, but Baltimore's not really built for a quick strike offense if they fall behind by too much in a game. They still have time in this one, but you figure the Chiefs are probably going to keep scoring too. So it's going to be a it's tough road there for the uh, the Ravens to come back at home tonight on Monday Night Football down 27-10 to 10 to Kansas City. Uh, back to the Cardinals. Expectations coming into this season... Um, for me, it was should be a playoff contender, and honestly, I think once they extended to a, a seventh playoff spot in the uh, in the NFC, and you got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, to me, I thought if you just finish top three in this this division, you're going to be maybe the seventh playoff team. You start the season two and zero, Kyler Murray in those first two games. You know, it's it's not that he was so dominant. It's just that it looked like whenever he needed yards, he could get them. And yesterday, for the first time, it looked like Detroit took away some of the running lanes, and he looked a little flustered with the passing, and look, he just looked more human yesterday. So the question is, does that change our expectations? Because I went from start of the season, they're going to be 7th or 8th in the NFC. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think we did our, our uh, predictions for ArizonaSports.com. I had them with 9 wins. But you beat San Francisco, and you take care of business against Washington, and yeah, it's natural then to think, okay, well, maybe this team could finish second in the NFC West. San Francisco's all beat up, and if you're in second, and you play Seattle twice, and you do tend to play the Seahawks pretty well, who knows? You let your mind wander. Then you lose that game yesterday to Detroit, and that has to change your outlook, at least in the short term on this season, because it's not just the loss. It's the loss coupled with the Buda Baker injury and the secondary just kind of looking blah. What are your expectations, Cody? You know, this is this a playoff team? I think they have the talent to be um, with DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald. If they actually target him in the offense, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> and I, I really like Kenyon Drake too. He had a pretty good game uh, on Sunday as well. And. I wish they probably they probably should. I mean, I'm not going to question a play caller like Cliff because I know nothing about play calling. But <laughs> it would have been nice to see more Kenyon Drake down the stretch. But would would you call these next? Now that they've lost this game to Detroit, would you call the next two games against the Panthers and the Jets must win games? Because after that, like you were saying before, after that they have a Monday night game against the Cowboys. Then they play Seattle. 
they play Miami and then the Bills, who are tough. Josh yeah. Allen looks great this year. So w- would you call these two games against the the Panthers, who are without Christian McCaffrey, and the Jets that don't look like a real football team? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm leaning towards that way. I don't know if I would get go that far, but... I'm not going to say must win just because I think the Cardinals are the sort of team this year that is going to lose to Detroit and beat Seattle. You know what I mean? Like Kyler Murray is that much of an intangible and and they're not a perfect team outside of Kyler Murray either, but they, but they have upside on any given week. So I won't say must win, but coming into the season, I thought you got to go three and two in those first five games. Now that we've seen how some of these teams later in the Cardinals uh, schedule are playing, I think you absolutely have to be at least three and two after these first five. You want to make the playoffs. Um, I don't. I don't see them going on like long runs as long as they're relatively healthy. Where they're losing four and five in a row, I, I think those days are past. But at the same time, <laughs> the schedule sort of is built for them to start the season four and one, or you know, up until yesterday, five and zero. Oh. But then to take a that that run from November fifteenth to December sixth, where you have Buffalo, Seattle, New England, and, and the Rams, that's rough. I mean, you're hoping you go two and two in that stretch, right? Yeah. Just for perception's sake, you have to beat the Jets. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. have yeah. to beat them. They're so bad, and they most of their players are hurt anyway. Adam Gase is probably going to get fired this year. Especially, they play on Thursday night, I believe, this week. Oh, See, great. I hate that because uh. I don't want I don't want the Cardinals to get the Jets right after they fired Adam Gase, right? Because it'll be their <laughs> one game where it's like, oh, we've got like a little bit of life left. You want to be the team that beats the team, and then they fire their coach the next day. You don't want to be the team playing the team right after they fired their coach, especially because the Jets are just so bad that if, if all things equal, the Cardinals will win that game. If the Jets lose to Denver, though, that, that's who they're playing on Thursday. Yeah. Denver is not that great. Well, there's, there's a lot of their players are hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see them firing Adam Gase after that game. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's on the very short list of coaches that are on the hot seat during the season. Uh, you mentioned Kenyon Drake, though. I think that's an interesting point to to look at here. Seventy three yards on the ground yesterday, eighty six last week, sixty the week before against San Francisco. Not a huge part of the receiving game. Five catches on five targets this season for 20 yards. So two, two, and one. Hasn't been bad. But he hasn't been the guy that that we saw the second half of last season when he joined the Cardinals. 110 yards against San Francisco on Thursday night, Halloween night, after he'd been with the team for like 48 hours. 137 yards in week 15 against Cleveland. Four touchdowns, by the way. 166 yards, week 16 against Seattle. A game Seattle needed. Two touchdowns. Now, the flip side is, and I feel like this kind of got lost in the offseason. Between that Halloween game and the game against Cleveland, he had 35 yards against Tampa, 67 against San Francisco, 31 against the Rams, 37 against Pittsburgh. Kenyon Drake is not Christian McCaffrey. He's not... Ezekiel Elliott, he's not Alvin Kamara. But the value in Kenyon Drake is that he's not David Johnson either, right? So it doesn't feel like he's really hit his potential this season. And yet, with those numbers I just read you, the uh, the 60 yards in Week 1, 86 in Week 2, 73 in Week 3, he has 219 rushing yards through the first three weeks of the season. Cody, do you care to guess where that ranks him 
in terms of rushing yards in the NFL so far? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good guess. Uh, this is just among running backs, I guess. They don't have any of the quarterbacks. No? This is, okay, this is quarterbacks, too. Uh, Kenyon Drake is eighth in the NFL in rushing right now. Okay. Tied with Zeke, actually. Not sure I would have guessed that. I wouldn't have either. He's just kind of been there. Yeah. He hasn't been bad. He's, he's made some good plays, but he hasn't had one of those games that he had. Hasn't had a of. Cleveland game. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, is that because Kyler's running more this year? Because last year, even, you know, towards the end of the season, he wasn't running as much as he is now. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Uh, Kyler is 17th in the NFL with 187 rushing yards. He is the leading quarterback rusher in the NFL right now. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, Washington potentially does have a decent defense. San Francisco obviously has a really good defense. And I thought the Cardinals probably didn't run the ball enough yesterday. That's that's a way you can beat Detroit. They didn't do it. And uh, I would expect they'll probably try to go to Kenyon Drake a little bit more next week, at least out of the gate. And then we'll see. You, know, you never know how game flow is going to dictate where you can and can't go. But I would think out of the gate, they're at least going to try and go with Kenyon Drake a little bit more against Carolina. All right, when we come back, Cody, have you ever played fill in the blank? No. All right. Well, we're going to play it here. I'm excited. In a matter of moments, it's coming up next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right. It's time now to play a little fill in the blank. Cody has not played this before in case you are just tuning in for the first time or you uh, just haven't heard this segment before. Cody and I each have at least four sentences that we have written. The other person doesn't know what they are. This is not rehearsed. They'll become very evident as we start to do it. And like I have a sentence for Cody. There's a word missing. He's going to fill it in as best he feels. Now, it's a radio show, so we can talk about your answer. Like, it's just not supposed to be the SATs. But that's good (laughs) because... That didn't go so well for me. But uh, but don't overthink it. it. Like You're supposed to give your, the first answer that pops into your head. It's almost like word association. And then we can discuss it if you have something you need to get off your chest. Okay? Do you want to answer first or ask the first question? Uh, I'll answer the first question. Okay. All right. I will go. I'll, we'll, start, we'll start with football. Other than DeAndre Hopkins. Okay? So I'm just going to assume he leads the Cardinals in receiving. Other than DeAndre Hopkins... Blank will lead the Cardinals in receiving. Yards, not receptions. Yards. Yards? Yes. And if you need context, I can tell you who's in second right now. It's Andy Isabella. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'll still say Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. Okay. I don't see him getting only one catch. For no yards. For, for no yards again. <laughs> It's uh, right now Hopkins has 356 yards. That on, guy's pretty good, huh? 32 receptions. What, he's on pace still for like 170 catches, isn't he? I don't understand why Bill O'Brien doesn't like him. Uh, well, you know, Bill, that's Bill O'Brien's problem. Second is Andy Isabella, 114 yards. Third is Fitz with 80. I'm glad that Andy Isabella is up there, though. Fine. I, I mean, yeah. after last year where he couldn't even get on the field. Yeah. This has been a pleasant surprise. He was the one that stepped up with uh, no Christian Kirk yesterday. Christian Kirk is still fifth on the team in receiving yards. He's got three catches. He's the wild card to me. He is. He really should be second on the team. I you mean, would I, think. He didn't play yesterday, but I'm just saying, like over the course of the season, he should finish second. All right, good answer. Okay. I'll give you an A. Oh, great. 
best grade I've ever gotten. <laughs> okay, my first question. I guess this could be anybody. I'll make it NFL related. Okay. Blank will retire at the end of this year. In the NFL? Um, mm-hmm. So a specific name, I assume. You don't want specific like a specific name. name. I don't think it'll be Brady. Philip Rivers. Okay. That's a good answer. I, I wanted to say Drew Brees. I think if the Saints win the Super Bowl, Drew Brees would retire. They don't look like a Super Bowl team, do they? No. <laughs> the first three games. When I wrote that sentence, that's who I had in mind. Brees. Was Drew Brees. Yeah. The guy can't throw over 10 yards in, down the field anymore. No. That's why Alvin Kamara is such a fantasy darling right now. It's dink and dunk to Alvin Kamara. He had 40 points last night. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't even... I mean, he's good. Barely runs the ball. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I don't think he has a single tooth that isn't gold anymore. I feel like you should you should try that, Cody. Just for like Well, oh, that'll look great. Yeah, just give it a shot. That won't make anyone upset either. No, it definitely won't make your wife upset. Yeah, sure great. She, she would love that. Yeah. Um okay. Your next question. And you can answer this any way you would like. Okay. Baseball playoffs start tomorrow. Oh. Blank will eliminate the LA Dodgers this year. Oh. It can be a team. You could say oh, nobody. No. I can't say nobody. Well, but you could. Mm. You can be. I know I'm supposed to give a rapid. <laughs> they are. They're opening with Milwaukee uh, in the second round. They would play either San Diego or St. Louis if they get past Milwaukee. I will, will go with the San Diego Padres. Really? Yes, I am all on the Tatis bandwagon. It's it's funny. Unfortunately, I have to watch these teams destroy my D backs. <laughs> I have to watch the Padres get someone exciting just by trading James Shields for him. Well, it is funny you say that because San Diego, I was looking at this earlier today, they did go 4-6 and six against the Dodgers this season, which is not amazing, mm-hmm. but 16 playoff teams starting tomorrow, and they're all best of three in the first round. So we, I don't think we're going to see Milwaukee take the Dodgers out, but there could be upsets this year for sure. Yeah, I don't think Milwaukee is going to beat them either. Who does Milwaukee even still have? Ryan Braun somehow is still Christian there. Christian Yelich is still there. Yeah, that's true. Yelich has been But he had a bad year. year. Uh, so a lot of guys Bellinger. had a bad year. Um, okay, so there you go. So you have the Dodgers going out in the uh, wild card round. Yes. Okay. Okay, well, stick with baseball. That's my next question. All right. I, I did this another it's a specific team. Okay. Blank will win the World Series this year. All the way to the end. I don't want to say who I think I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are you going to say the Dodgers? Man, they are just so much better than everybody else right now. Um, but I like you, Cody, and I don't want you to, to break the glass, so I'll try and pick... <laughs> no, I... Try, I hate the Dodgers, but I can respect that they're the most talented team. If you want to say the Dodgers, it's I, fine. I, I just want to think through this. I don't think anybody else from the NL could win the World Series. So I think if it's not the Dodgers, it's got to be the Yankees, who wouldn't really make me feel any better. Uh, the Astros, I think, are being overlooked by a lot of people. Now, as you mentioned earlier, they can't cheat this year. That's um, correct. At least not in ways that we already know they have cheated in the past. <laughs> they get innovative. They barely snuck into the playoffs, though. But again, this this new format sort of... You know, there's there's really no difference from being the number one seed or the eighth seed in your in your uh, league. Uh, I'm going to pick the Dodgers. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually they're going to win one of these. And here's the thing: Wouldn't you rather they won this year, where it was a 60 game schedule, 
and we can all point back and be like, we can all pretend it didn't matter or didn't count. So that's how I'm going to weasel my way out of that answer. I would rather the Dodgers win this year than next year when, you know, it's, it's a full size season, but they're just, they're knocking on the door every year. And now they've got more pitching and look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're talking about a San Diego Padres world series. That would be awesome. I'd be all in on the Padres winning the world series. Uh, okay. I'll go back to football for you. Okay. You feel blank when Zane Gonzalez lines up to kick a field goal. <laughs> Antsy? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on where he is on the field, like we said earlier. The guy drilled one from 50... What was it? What was it yesterday? 54? Uh, Something like that. 56? It was It was 50-plus. Yeah. And he drilled that. There was no... There was... It wasn't wobbly. It was straight down the middle, had plenty of leg, and then he misses an extra point. And at one point, that was the difference in the game. Yeah. yeah he's fine. He's fine from long range. 54-yarder yesterday. Now, I, mean, I love Zane Gonzalez. Oh, I'm a Sun Devil. Well, obviously, Zane, yeah. Zane for Heisman. That's where, <laughs> that's my platform. Okay. But, Interesting. Yeah, when I was there, that was the thing. Yeah. Zane for Heisman. Uh, he's been a little shaky this year. He has. Uh, but those those two kicks he missed in the first game, weren't they both like 50-plus yarders? Or they, one was 40 and one was so. 50. So we, we can't get too down on him. But he is, he's, uh, I'd they, like to see They more brought in Mike Nugent on the practice squad, yeah. so I don't know. Maybe they're also feeling antsy. Let's we'll see. Okay. Kyler Murray threw three interceptions yesterday against the Lions. So Kyler Murray will finish with blank interceptions this year. That's kind of hard to well, do. So what did he have, 12 last year? He's got five now. No, four this year, right? I thought he has five. I thought I looked it up and it was five. Well, he should have had four yesterday. I mean, that's that's the thing we haven't even talked about yet uh, on the show today. He really did throw a four. He has more. Yesterday. I believe he has he more. Does have five. Okay, he has more interceptions than passing touchdowns so far. Ugh. Well, how year. did I forget? Well, he had one against the 49ers. I just completely blanked. I think it was wow. a t- it was a tip, and it wasn't really his fault. Five interceptions through three games. That's not good, Kyler. No, on one yesterday wasn't really his fault either. It hit off Dan Arnold's hands and it went into the yeah. hands of a lion. The flip side is the, the counter argument to that is Dan Arnold is 500 feet tall and he somehow threw it too high. It's for true. Dan it's true. Wow, I did not. Re- five interceptions through three games. The over under on him at the start of the year was 12 interceptions. He had 12 last year. I will say he's going to throw. 15. I didn't realize he was already at 5. I'll go 15. <laughs> I did the Cardinals post-game show, and I didn't realize he was at 5. I blacked, that, I blacked the 49ers one out of my mind. All right. Um, let's see. I got two more for you. Okay. Uh, because the Cardinals are playing the Carolina Panthers this upcoming week, I think a lot of people would say Christian McCaffrey, when healthy, is the best running back in the NFL. But I would agree. I will leave that. Well, then, if, if you agree, then for the sake of the question, let's say currently playing running back. So take McCaffrey and Saquon out because they're both hurt. Okay. The best running back in the NFL right now is blank. Hmm. I mean, in terms Kamara. of production right now, I'd say Alvin Kamara. No, you know what? Aaron Jones. Yeah. Aaron Jones. He gets in the end zone every time. He does. Um, He's a pass catcher. He is a good runner. Uh, he's going to get even more attention now because uh, the Packers have no receivers. Yeah, uh, with Devontae Adams not playing, 
Derrick Henry, certainly Derek somebody Henry, to, to consider yeah. too. But uh, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Zeke. Josh Jacobs, Zeke, certainly. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of good ones in the Nick NFL. Nick Chubb right? is sneaky good. He is sneaky good. He is. He only slipped in fantasy drafts because they have Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt. Hunt too. But either way, Chubb is... He's pretty much good for two touchdowns a game. 292 rushing yards. He's uh, fourth in the NFL right now, and he has four touchdowns too. So there you I, go. I got one more for okay. you. We were kind of talking about this earlier with Dan Quinn. The most likely NFL head coach who will get fired this season is blank. So in season? It could be in season, just sometime this this football season. It, it's got to be Gase, right? I would think so. Dan Quinn is is putting himself on the list now just because it's so weird mm-hmm. the way they're 0-3. They could easily be 2-1 and if not 3-0. and So I would say, I'll give you three. I'll go Gase first. Bill O'Brien, I mean, the Texans have played three really good teams. They've played Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. But also, they really could use DeAndre Hopkins yesterday, and they had him. Yeah, they could use go. a receiver. Yeah, They so had the best in the game. I would say Bill O'Brien is at least should be looking over his shoulder. If they fire Bill season. O'Brien, they'll also need a GM, which well, is sad because he should not be the GM. They need a GM anyway. <laughs> okay, last one yeah, for you here real okay. quick before we go to the break. The worst movie you've ever seen is blank. Oh, my gosh. I asked this because I saw Drive over the weekend. <laughs> it was bad. I've never seen that movie. It was just kind of like we were looking to kill some time. It was like it was too... It was just like we had a couple hours, and I didn't pick it, but I did sit there and watch it. Don't. Too artsy. <laughs> I am a big superhero movie, like Marvel, okay. DC. The Dark Knight is my favorite movie. That's a good movie. The worst movie, a lot of those, you know, I don't see a lot of other okay. <laughs> movies besides those. The worst movie I have ever seen that, at least recently in my memory, is Justice League. That movie was trash. Okay. <laughs> see, I knew Hot you'd have garbage. a strong opinion on this. I'm excited to see what Zack Snyder does on HBO Max with his cut of yeah. Justice League, because he had a family tragedy and couldn't finish the movie, so Joss Whedon, who did the first Avengers movie, which was really good, took over Justice League, and it was hot garbage <laughs> and terrible. I went to see that with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law, and... And I picked it, so I felt really bad. As soon as it ended, I leaned forward. I said, I am so sorry. Isn't that the worst when you pick a movie so and it's sorry. bad and you just feel guilty for it two hours? It was so bad. Oh. All right. <laughs> I tapped into the rage What's tree. even worse is that Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, yes. they Joss Whedon was so terrible and brought in everyone for, to do reshoots, but he Henry Cavill was also doing one, the Mission Impossible movie he oh was boy. in, this and is... he had a really glorious mustache in that Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> but and so that studio wouldn't let him shave his mustache. And you've you've seen like like Star Wars brought Carrie Fisher back back to life in Rogue One and Gen- and uh, Admiral Tarkin and they use CGI. They couldn't make Henry Cavill's upper lip look any worse. I figured oh. asking this question would would bring out some anger. I did not expect that detail of an answer. Sorry. All right, when we come back, uh we're going to get back into football, but there are all three other sports are going on right now. The Stanley Cup could be awarded tonight. The uh, Major League Baseball playoffs start tomorrow, and the NBA Finals start on Wednesday. It is a great time for sports. We'll kind of get you caught up on all that stuff too. That's next. It's the rundown with Luke Lipinski on ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. The rundown with Luke Lipinski, ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, the Baltimore Ravens. 
just got in the end zone. I can't see who it is. It might just be Lamar. Nick Boyle. You're starting Nick Boyle on your fantasy team. I'll tell you what, if you started Nick Boyle and Anthony Sherman on your fantasy team, you're having a pretty fantastic Monday night. Uh, Lamar Jackson with the touchdown pass to Nick Boyle. So it's 27-20 now. Everything I said about Baltimore not being able to come back when they're down by a big amount, they're doing it and just making me look silly on the air. Uh, So you have this going on. Of course, all the NFL and everything. But the Major League Baseball playoffs start tomorrow. And it is a much different format. 16 teams in the playoffs. Unlike the NFL that expanded to 14 playoff teams out of 32 this year, but they're doing it permanently. Of course, baseball just did this for uh, for for this season, this weird you know sixty game season, and they're going to be playing in bubbles now. They weren't playing in bubbles for the the first sixty games of the season, but now you've got this sixteen teams best of three in the first round begins tomorrow. I mentioned it at the top of the show Wednesday. If you love baseball, Wednesday's your day. Eight straight playoff games are on on Wednesday, <laughs> and. I wouldn't like this many teams making it every year in baseball. I remember I was on the air actually randomly with Vince Murata when when they announced that they were going to 16 playoff teams this year. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, so the Diamondbacks are definitely in. The regular season doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, even so the Mariners. it's your fault. <laughs> it's, uh, no, I did not pitch for them this year. Um, or or <laughs> pretend to hit. But, uh, but 16 teams, best of three. There's going to be some upsets in the first round. And as much as I wouldn't like this every year, I'm all in on on it right now. Give us give us give us eight straight playoff games on Wednesday. I will absolutely tune in. Give us a playoff where the Miami Marlins are in and somehow Houston had to back in on like the last weekend of the season. Oh, I, I'm I'm excited to see this. I'm I, actually intrigued by the Marlins. I wish the I don't Dodgers, know what to think of them. I wish the Dodgers were playing anybody other than Milwaukee in the first round. Because yeah. a, a best of three, like you know, if if you have if you have an ace pitcher, so Bueller's going to pitch game one for the Dodgers. So who would be the best team in the uh, maybe San Diego if it was a best of three? And to Nelson Lamette, if he wasn't hurt, he is hurt. But you know, if the Dodgers went up against the team in the first round that had a legit ace. Maybe Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. You know, best of three is not something that that typically a team that had a great regular season is ever going to have to deal with. And yet, Tampa Bay is going to have to deal with it over in the American League, Dodgers in the uh, in the National League certainly. And it all starts up tomorrow. The first game is Houston and Minnesota tomorrow at what eleven a.m. Arizona time. It's going to be strange seeing like the Twins and teams like that playing in Dodger Stadium while not playing the Dodgers. Yeah. It's going to be weird. That that's the thing with the bubble. They are putting National League teams in American League parks. The two Texas parks. And what are they it's Dodger Stadium Dodgers and Petco, right? and, Petco uh, and then and then I believe Petco's the NLC or the ALCS. Yeah. Uh yes, and then the NLCS is at the new Rangers ballpark yeah. which I don't think looks all that great. And they get the World Series. They do. I think they did that just because they knew the Texas Rangers new. would not be involved yeah, in it. Yeah, there's no scheduling conflicts there, yeah. so great. No no potential issues there. And then you have the NBA Finals, which do not start until Wednesday, which kind of surprised me. I mean, they're all just sitting around in a bubble right now, and there's no games tonight, no game tomorrow. There's no travel. No, no travel. But uh, the Lakers and the Heat, ironic. I actually, 
of all the years, this is the year I had the finals picked, right? When the playoffs started. I didn't have the Heat in the finals at the start of the year. But when the playoffs started, I figured the Heat out of the East and the Lakers, I, they're not losing. That team's winning the title this year. I mean, you got LeBron on four and a half months rest. This is his last great chance at a title. Now, he, they may win again next year. Or he may have a chance next year. I'm not saying that they don't, but it's right there for the taking for him. He, they're not going to lose. And it's they, got Anthony Davis, too. And they have this whole, you know, doing it for Kobe yeah. thing that's going on right now. You've got the you've got that factor. I really do think the rest for LeBron is is not talked about enough because the guy hasn't had rest in his career since he was in like junior high. So you've got that. You, like you said, you have the intangibles of trying to do it for Kobe. You've got Anthony Davis, who's arguably the best big man in the game. And I hope the Heat can somehow pull off a, a surprise here and make this real interesting, but. I got all the respect in the world for what the Heat have done to get to this point. They're a very good basketball team. I've liked these playoffs. I mean, I would prefer normal circumstances, no bubble, and everybody's just healthy and we can watch the games in the actual arenas with fans. But I've liked these NBA playoffs more than the past few years because it's at least been different. Last few years, it's always been like, okay, Golden State's going to be there and they're probably going to play LeBron's team until last year when he went to the Lakers. So... Uh, in that regard, I, I, like Miami, that story is something we just haven't gotten in the last few years in the NBA, so it's nice to see that, but I, I can't imagine they're going to beat the Lakers in the best of seven. Uh, the other one, Stanley Cup is five and a half minutes from ending. Tampa up on Dallas, 2 nothing, late third period. They lead the series 3-2. They just uh, they lost Game 5 the other night in double overtime, but they have bounced back tonight. And like I said, five and a half minutes away from them awarding the Stanley Cup in an empty arena, which is going to be really strange for a hockey fan like myself to watch because one of the biggest things in hockey is even if you win the Stanley Cup on the road, generally speaking, the fans of the opposing team still hang around even if it's just to boo you, but really just to see the Stanley Cup parade around the ice. I don't know what they're going to do here if they win tonight, if they're just going to parade it around an empty arena, or if they're just going to go in the locker room and sell. I don't know. Now, I haven't I haven't been watching the Stanley Cup playoffs okay. because I'm not a huge hockey person. When someone gets a hat trick, do they have just people in the bubble that whose job it is to yeah. throw hats on the ice? Yeah. That is amazing. They, How do I get this job? <laughs> Where do I apply? They had oh, somewhere in Canada. They had um okay. I can remember who I'm scored. willing to relocate. <laughs> it's cooler there right now. Uh they had somebody whoever had the first hat trick, they didn't do it. But then I want to say Connor McDavid or somebody had one later that night and they had somebody in place to throw the hats on the ice. So yeah, it was it was it wasn't it was like three hats. It was almost more pathetic than It's uh, almost kind of sad like you yeah. just shouldn't have tried. But at the same time it was hilarious. And the NHL, I got to say, as somebody that is is grew up playing hockey and everything, a lot of hockey people, myself included, are critical about the way the league has done things in the past. They pulled this bubble off perfectly. No positive tests at all. The players all bought in completely from day one. In the middle of it, they negotiated a CBA, which the NHL is never able to do under normal circumstances, so they avoided any future lockouts or strikes in the coming years. Just remarkable. And if it ends tonight or in two days, they made it through the whole thing without any positive That tests. doesn't surprise me at all. Because hockey players, just having hockey players as guests on various shows, yeah. they're the nicest people. It's true. At least the ones that we've had as guests on this station, anyway, <laughs> from the Coyotes and all that. But, like, I, 
I'm not surprised at all. Oh, oh, oh yeah, you want to do it at CBA? Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, you want to move us all to a city in Canada? Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm doing my best Jarrett impression of Shane Doan. It's not at all. <laughs> it's good. an impression of an impression. That's what I do. It's, that's, that's essentially it's inception, what Inception impressions. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, so anyway, that looks like it's going to wrap up tonight there at their final TV timeout of that game. Still 2-0. Dallas almost just made it 2-1. And Dallas, I will say, all playoff long has has managed to come back late in these games. But I don't know if uh, Tampa Bay is going to allow that tonight. Back to football. The Chiefs, are start of the fourth quarter right now. Chiefs up 27-20. to So in case you're driving around and uh, you need a fantasy football update or you're just wondering what's going on in that game, I mean, that's certainly the most high-profile game of the weekend and probably going to be one of the most high profile games of the season. Patrick Mahomes just ran for a first down on third and 10. They have the lead under 12 minutes to go. Mahomes has three passing touchdowns in this game and he's run for a touchdown. He's thrown touchdowns to uh, McCall Hardman, Tyreek Hill and Anthony Sherman for Baltimore. It's a little bit different. Lamar Jackson has a touchdown pass to Nick Boyle and they have a kickoff return for a touchdown. So not the traditional scoring avenues for the Baltimore Ravens, hopefully you're not out there expecting J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram to win you your fantasy week because it's not happening. Even Mark Andrews only has two catches for 18 yards. Lamar Jackson's only passed for 62 yards. It doesn't feel like they've had the ball ever. Anytime I look up, the Chiefs have the ball or they're kicking off. All right, when we come back, final segment of the show. You might be frustrated by your fantasy team three weeks in. We're going to give you the five most frustrating players up to this point in the season. There's already been quite a few candidates. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Our final segment of the show. Usually either go with the top five of something or the bottom five of something. I don't know how you're going to really define this one, but this is the the five most frustrating fantasy players through the first three weeks. The top of the bottom? Yeah, basically. This is the first time we've ever done both at the same time. You can always tweet into the show at Rundown987. You can tweet me at Luke Lipinski. You can tweet Cody at... Bear987FM. There you go. Um... Because I know some of you got some 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 players you're frustrated with out there, and as we've seen already earlier in the show, Bear is uh, is is able to get angry quickly. So <laughs> I'm gonna let you uh, I'm gonna let you start with number five. Okay, most frustrating fantasy players so far this season. Number five, I don't have him in any leagues, but I bet a lot of you do. Drew Brees. I don't like the way you said that. I bet a lot of you people have. <laughs> you, you peasants. You did this. <laughs> Drew Brees. Uh, usually the New Orleans Saints are a pretty high-scoring offense, and Drew Brees is usually the reason for it. This year, so far through three weeks, he is the 22nd best quarterback, which is yeah. crazy how low that is for him. Uh, he had a good game against the Packers last night, uh, 288 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. But from what I saw from that game... It was a lot of dink and dunk to Alvin Kamara, uh, and 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 I don't know. Not much else. Drew, Drew Brees just doesn't look like a guy who can throw it more than ten yards down the field. So, if I had Drew Brees, I'd be pretty disappointed. I I would probably have to consider benching him at this point. Um, Maybe not dropping him, but at least benching him. Yeah, Patrick I mean, Mahomes just threw a touchdown to an offensive lineman. 
This is unbelievable. <laughs> Eric Fisher just caught a pass for a touchdown. Wow. Is that That's the Eric Fisher that was the number one overall pick? I believe so, wow. yeah. What just happened? Uh, Mahomes, okay. Mahomes has five or, uh, five touchdowns. Five four, total four touchdowns. touchdowns. Jeez. Boy. I, I almost considered putting him on this list because he came in at, on ESPN ranked 10th. No, but uh, he gonna, he's going to move up that list. He's, uh, he's fine. He's about to move up I'm that so list. frustrated. The one league I have him in, I have five guys on the IR, so I needed <laughs> about 10 touchdowns from him tonight. Uh, okay, so number five on my list. I didn't draft this guy. I don't think you should have drafted this guy, but I know people did. They saw the name. It got caught up in the story. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Tom Brady. You got Rob Gronkowski. Rob has done nothing. Except, in his words, he's there to block. So that'll help you in fantasy football. So he's my number five most uh, frustrating fantasy player to own. Because to me, the frustrating ones, and maybe he doesn't quite fit in this category, I guess, but the ones are guys that are too good to sit or cut. Yeah. You can't cut some of these guys, so you're stuck with them, and they just eat away at your season. All right. My number four most disappointing fantasy player is Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Pretty much everyone on the Browns stinks besides Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, including Baker Mayfield. But Odell Beckham Jr., man, I don't know what's going on there. He hasn't had a game with more than four catches. Uh, his best game so far this year was that Thursday night game against the Bengals where he had four catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. Other than that, in week one, he had three catches for 22 yards. And then this weekend against the Washington football team, four catches for 59 yards. He has fallen so far, and he honestly upgraded by getting out of New York at the time he did. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you say that because I'm in a league where somebody cut him after week one. Wow. And and I don't like having Odell Beckham on my teams because I think he's... I now try to avoid him. I used to want him so bad. And what? now it's just a guy I don't even want I, to sniff. I mean, on the waiver wire, I did pick him up, and now I'll be frustrated by him for the next 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four on my list, I'm going to go local. Christian Kirk, three catches for 57 yards. Like, that's not somebody that you were taking in the first four or five rounds of your fantasy draft, but one of those a lot sneaky of picks, yeah. late picks that, okay, well, they're going to pay a lot of attention to Hopkins and Fitz. They are. So Kirk should get a lot of targets, but... <laughs> but he is not. Not yet, anyway. At least not a lot of catches. He has nine targets. And but, he's uh, injured now, too. Not in the end zone. Yeah, he's hurt now, too. I mean, I won't I won't hold that against him, but if you took him, you're not getting anything from him. Okay, my number three, it's mostly because he's been injured. Michael Thomas, another saint. Michael Thomas only has played in one game this year against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week one. Only three catches for 17 yards. This guy led the league in receptions last year. Yeah. Broke a record. Yeah. And even when he comes back, I don't know how good he's going to be because of Drew Brees. Yeah, it's hard to tell if like if Bruce, Brees can't throw the, the ball down the field now because he doesn't have Michael Thomas or, or what. I'm distracted. Tampa Bay just won the Stanley Cup. They're running around. On, I don't have the sound turned up in here, but it wouldn't <laughs> matter because you can't hear anything. Um, There's no fans, so it doesn't matter. There are no fans. Uh, Okay, so number three, it's tough for me to put a quarterback on this list because in fantasy football there's so many other options, and I don't know that this guy was that highly drafted, but he has been miserable. His team has been miserable. Carson Wentz. Yeah. What? You know, I'm watching part of that Eagles game yesterday. Two, Two questions popped into my mind. One, why am I watching the Eagles? Yeah, what are you doing? What, what, what life choices What's wrong am I making? With you? But then number two, that team won the Super Bowl like two years ago. Where did all their talent go? 
it's most of the same guys. Yeah. Whatever. They don't have Nick wins? Foles. That's what happened. Well, they need to get him <laughs> back then because nope, too late. He's the Chicago Bears starter now. <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz this year. I guess the numbers aren't terrible. I mean, he's run for two two touchdowns, but he only, he has no weapons. No, Deshaun Jackson is nowhere near what he used to be. He's pretty much running a straight line, and hopefully you beat somebody. Alshon Jeffrey's hurt. Dallas Goddard got hurt this weekend. I don't know what Zach Ertz is doing. Zach Ertz should be is probably their best player. Three passing touchdowns for Carson Wentz and six interceptions. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a quarterback that's you, you probably good. took to be your starting quarterback. Like, you didn't take him early, but if you're one of those teams where, like, I'm going to take running backs, receivers early, I'll just get Carson Wentz in, like, the eighth round or something. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out. All right, my number two, and this is another injury-related one, Saquon Barkley. Mm. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Week two. Torn ACL. I believe he finished last year hurt, right? He missed a good chunk of the last season. Yeah. Well, just even before he got hurt, his first, his first week against Pittsburgh, 15 carries for six yards. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not been a great season. I mean, he had him. six catches for 60 yards that game, but man, a lie. And then before he got hurt against the Bears, just four carries for 28 yards. This guy is, you know... Christian McCaffrey is the number one pick. Should be in every league. But Saquon's two. But usually. Saquon is two or three, depending on if you have someone weird that takes someone else at number two. Like Kamara, and they'd be yep. winning their league mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. I had a, in one of my leagues, someone took Zeke number two. Yeah, well, I mean, at least Zeke always seems to be out there on the field. Yeah, but um, Saquon again, man, it's just, the talent's there, obviously. He's a freak of an athlete. There's no talent around them. On that no, team. there isn't. There's no. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have a. They don't have a passing game either. So basically, it's okay. They're going to give it to Saquon. Let's get him. This is uh, number two on my list. Is a player that I went out of my way to avoid in drafts, but I know people that have him on their teams, and he has 14 rushing yards this season. <laughs> oh, jeez, Le'Veon Bell. Oh. Uh, this is how far I went to, uh, how far out of my way I went to avoid Le'Veon Bell on drafts. When we got to the point where, like, you know how the site will bring up the rankings and be like, okay, Le'Veon Bell is, is, is one of the next two or three running backs based on our rankings. Yeah. I just stopped drafting running backs at that point for a while because I didn't want Le'Veon Bell. But then anybody I saw listed under him, I was like, ugh. You're worse than Le'Veon Bell. I don't want you either. And <laughs> is uh, he like the line? Like if you're worse than him, you are garbage. He's the Mendoza line, except now he's at the bottom. There are no running backs worse than him. And a lot of people did still take him. You know, first eight rounds or whatever. And <laughs> Jared Carlin in this building. <laughs> Ask Jared about <laughs> oh, Le'Veon no. Bell sometime. You'll get a great oh, answer. I will. Okay, my number one. Uh, so far, none of these guys that I've said have been on a team of mine. So. Okay. That's good, even though I started out 0-2. Anyway, (laughs) number one, a guy that was on my team and I have let go of, and you already said him, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I definitely drafted him too early. You cut ties, though. I I dropped him. I dropped him. In the league I had him in, I, I traded for George Kittle, and then I... So I dropped Gronk after that, and then I... Waiver claim John Jonu Smith from the Titans. That's, so I had someone last week that was playing. That's a pretty good way to do it. So, but man, Robin Kowski, I actually hadn't looked at his stats, but he had six catches for 48 yards over the weekend. That's the most he's done. Week one, two catches for 11 yards. Week two, no catches. I think he was targeted one time in week two. 
Man, Bruce Arians hates tight ends. Well, Brady should have oh, had him yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Gronk was open yesterday. Brady just overthrew him in the back of the end zone. Yeah, still, another old quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, Gronk, I, I'm more upset at myself for drafting him that early. I, I could have had Noah Fant from the Denver Broncos or somebody else. But, man, I, I thought he would get involved, especially because Brady wanted him there so badly. But, I mean, it's still Bruce Arians' offense, and he He's does not use party. the tight ends in the passing game very much. And they have three tight ends there that are pretty dang good. So Uh, that's my my number one. Gronk, thanks for nothing. My my number one is a collective effort. And I don't know how many leagues you're in, Cody. I'm in four leagues. I can't complain about three of them. Well, I had Saquon in the host. I had Saquon and Devontae Adams in the host league, and that has hurt. But um, the fourth league I'm in, which is probably my most important one, Christian McCaffrey, Marlon Mack, Zach Moss, even Cam Akers, all these running backs that are hurt. We mentioned Saquon Barkley. I don't have on that, but Le'Veon Bell, if you could still consider him a running back. To me, number one on the list, most frustrating, is injured running backs because there are so many. There's Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert, and there's all these. I mean, it is unbelievable how many injured running backs we have. But just as a fan of football, if I'm watching Red Zone on the weekend, I don't want to see Mike Davis and Deion Lewis. I want to see Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. And it's it's frustrating. So just the injuries at running back. Like some of those guys I mentioned, those their teams have replaced them. Marlon Mack was good, but I mean they they've got you know, they've got Taylor. They've found a way to replace him. But that for me is number one. That was top five of the bottom five somehow this week. All right, that is gonna do it for us here tonight. We'll be right back at it again tomorrow. Tampa Bay did win the Cup. Uh, The Chiefs are up by 14 on the Ravens. Lots of sports going on tonight. Thanks to Cody Fincher behind the glass. Thanks to Luke Robbins. I said I would thank him tonight because I didn't get to thank him last night. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. It's been the Rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.